Welcome to Wholehearted Coaching, the podcast. If you're looking for more purpose, more passion, more joy in your life, then you have come to the right place. I am your host, coach and life alchemist, Sharin Eskandani, and I have worked with thousands of people showing them how to create their dream lives while also living their dream lives. This podcast is where mindset, mindfulness, and manifestation meet. Together, we're going to release limiting beliefs, put your dreams into motion, all while prioritizing your ease, rest, and joy. Let's do this, love. Hi, love. Welcome to Wholehearted Coaching, the podcast. This is where we take a deeper dive into my Mindset Monday post, which you can read on Instagram at Wholehearted Coaching. Or if you want to go even deeper into this week's episode and get my free weekly journal prompts, sign up for my email list and you'll be able to explore the topics we're talking about in this episode even further. You can do that in the show notes or by heading to my website, wholehearted-coaching.com. And if you're interested in working with me, whether that's one-on-one in one of my group programs or one of my transformational courses, you can head to my website, wholehearted-coaching.com slash offerings to find out more. And of course, you can also head to the show notes and all of this information will be waiting for you there. All right, love, welcome to this week's episode. Today's episode is all about comparison. I haven't done an episode on comparison for a while, and I thought it's about time to do this because, listen, there is no one who is immune to the feelings of comparison. Whether we are comparing ourselves to a friend or a colleague or someone on social media or sometimes even comparing ourselves to ourselves, right, to a former version of ourselves or to a version that we thought we would be or should be. Comparison is something that we all have to navigate in our day-to-day. And honestly, most of us haven't been given the right tools to navigate those moments where we find ourselves in deep comparison. In our society, we're told to, you know, use comparison as inspiration or that the only person you should compare yourself to is yourself. Okay, I hope that sounded like a bro because it was supposed to. And honestly, while those are truth, they're not really useful when we're like deep in the comparison trance. So in today's episode, we're going to talk about how to navigate comparison in a healthy way. And I'm going to be sharing with you a very personal story about a moment when I found myself comparing myself very harshly and very intensely. Today's episode is a really special one because it is a sneak peek into the Alchemy Collective. So as part of the Alchemy Collective, the membership gets a private monthly podcast. And these monthly podcasts are kind of similar to what we do here on this podcast. But we go deeper into the topics. Every month, there are prompts and worksheets. Every month, we have live calls together where we can unpack what we are exploring and what we're learning. And so today, what I'm going to be sharing with you is our current podcast for the month of September in the collective. So this is exactly what the members in the collective are listening to 
working on, and hearing this month. Every month in The Collective, we look at a different theme. September's theme is all about comparison. And at the top of the month, you get your podcast, a worksheet with journal prompts for the month. You get specific somatic practices like visualizations, meditations, and tapping that allows you to navigate and heal through that theme. And you also get five group coaching calls every month and also the chance to win one-on-one time with me. The Alchemy Collective is my 12-month membership that shows you how to become your own healer and leader. In The Collective, we know that you know best when it comes to your healing. And so every month, we give you all of these different tools and ideas and practices that you can play around with, that you can try to navigate our different themes every month. You also get to do this in community with like-hearted and like-minded individuals. And you also get me. I'm also part of the collective. Our live calls are together. And this year, we've added two bonus calls for our community, one that's specific for our BIPOC community and one that is specific for our caretaker community. That means parents, people who are taking of disabled folks, the elderly. The doors to the collective are open until September the 30th. If you want to find out more, you can head to wholehearted-coaching.com slash alchemy, or you can go to the show notes. So today's episode is a special sneak peek into the collective. You're going to be hearing one of the private podcasts that our community has access to. Also, at the end of this episode, I'm interviewing one of our collective members, so you can hear firsthand what the collective experience is like. You can hear why they joined the collective, what they have found in the collective, and what they love the most about the collective. So again, love, doors close at the end of this week on September the 30th. Head to the show notes if you want to find out more. Okay, let's get into it. Dear Alchemist, welcome to The Sum Up. This is our monthly podcast that sums up our monthly theme. This month, we are looking at the alchemy of comparison. This actually comes as a special request from the community. So this month, we are going to dive deep into how we can navigate those moments when comparison gets the best of us. Now, I don't think that there is anyone who is immune to comparison. Whether it's comparison to others or to ourselves, we all know that familiar feeling of comparison. Maybe for you, it starts in your gut or perhaps your throat tightens a little. Maybe your mind starts to race. And then there's that rush of familiar thoughts. You're behind. You're not doing enough. Everyone is doing better than you are. And we scramble to get out of that comparison spiral by often turning to logic, reason, or shame. We tell ourselves to use our envy as inspiration, or we remind ourselves that comparison is just the thief of joy. Both of those statements are true and they are well-meaning, but they often don't make us feel much better in the moment. Or instead, we find ourselves judging and shaming ourselves for falling into that comparison spiral in the first place, right? You know better than this. You're doing so much self-work on yourself. Why are you comparing yourself? 
And in these moments when we're either trying to use comparison as inspiration or use these positive affirmations or using judgment, shame, or blame, what we're doing is just pushing the comparison down. We're repressing it even further until the moment it comes back again, perhaps even stronger. Love. The antidote to comparison isn't shame, logic, or reason. It's compassion and curiosity. I need you to know that comparison isn't a character flaw. It's a wound. It's a wound that needs tending. It's a part of us that feels unworthy and undeserving. A part of us that feels not enough. It's a part of us that is lost and can't find its place in the world. And it's a part of us that thinks better exists everywhere but here in this moment. And wounds need healing and tending. That is what we're going to be leaning into this month. We're going to be looking at how we can really heal and tend to the part of us that gets us into what I call the comparison trance. So here are some basics about comparison. One, comparison is universal. We all fall into the comparison trance. No one is immune from it. No amount of success is going to keep it at bay. No amount of changes for the quote-unquote better will mean that you won't compare yourself to others. This is why I love doing the work that we are doing in community, because it's really empowering to listen to other people, people you may think would never compare themselves, people you would never think feel that they are behind or not enough. When we can hear them talk about that stuff, we realize, right, that we are not alone. If I'm honest, I compare myself at least once a day, and that is a very conservative estimate. Number two, comparison is not just limited to other people. One of the platitudes that I really have issue with is, the only person you should compare yourself to is yourself. And the problem is that often the person we are comparing ourselves to is a past version of ourselves or a version of ourselves that we think that we should be or are supposed to be. And this is so tiring and defeating. So we really have to understand that a lot of the times comparison is not just outward, but also inward. Number three, sometimes we'll compare ourselves to people we really love and are close to, and that is okay. We are not garbage people. We are not terrible friends, family members, or colleagues. Because, and this brings me to point number four, comparison is totally natural. Okay, point number four. This changed so much for me. This is something I recently found out. Comparison happens to us. Social psychologists have found that our minds naturally go into comparison mode. It's instinctual. Our mind can only make sense of things by creating a scale or measurement of comparison so it knows where we stand. Finding this out for me was really liberating because for the longest time, I would think that I was failing at self-growth because I would still find myself in the comparison spiral or comparison trance. But finding out that my mind instinctually goes there has allowed me to be kinder to myself and have compassion, right? Our knee-jerk reaction is comparison. What we do after is what is so important. Comparison can bring up a lot of different emotions for us. It can inspire us to create bigger goals, right? Sometimes comparison is a catalyst for new projects and dreams. Comparison can sometimes make us feel admiration and reverence for others. Like, wow, look at what they did. 
Within the coaching world, I feel like a lot of the advice around comparison is to use it as inspiration. And while this is good advice, it doesn't always work. Yes, we can use our moments of comparison as inspiration, but what happens when this feels empty and disingenuous? What do we do then? Because let's be real, comparison can also bring up envy, jealousy. We can covet what others have. We can feel defeated because we're not there yet and can never imagine getting there or getting back there. So let's go back to that idea we touched on earlier, the idea of the comparison wound. In the moments where comparison brings up more uncomfortable feelings for ourselves, I believe that we have this incredible opportunity to heal something, to grow. Comparison puts us often into a trance. You'll hear me say throughout this month, the comparison trance. And I love using this word of a trance because it's almost as if we are not our fullest selves. And I want to share with you a five-step formula for getting out of the comparison trance. This is what we're going to be exploring and practicing this month. And I call it PICCI, P-I-C-C-I. So this stands for P, ground yourself in the present moment. I, investigate, using curiosity over judgment. C, send so much love and compassion to the part of you that believes these things. C, get curious and start questioning the thoughts you're believing. Now, this step is optional. We'll talk more about it. And I, remind yourself of your intention. We're going to be practicing picky a lot this month, but I want to give you a personal example of how I used it. So I came up with picky when I started doing pottery for fun during the pandemic. I wasn't feeling really creative, so I found this amazing studio near me. And I was so excited when I started. I thought it was going to be like Ghost, Demi Moore, Patrick Swayze, Unchained melody in the background, me wearing cute smocks, a little bit of clay on my nose, just this vision, this dream. And I showed up for class on the first day, and by the end of the very first class, it was very clear to me that I was the worst person in the class. And like, this isn't just a subjective thing. No, I'm not being mean. This was very objective. I was the least skilled person in that class. You know, during the first class, we're all learning. And I noticed I looked around me, right, trying to just gauge where I'm at. And everyone was kind of struggling. But by the end of the class, everyone was able to make like a beautiful cylinder. And I was like, oh, okay, well, maybe maybe I just need one more class to get this together. Second class, I get there. And I don't know what happened in this week, but everyone became master potters, okay? I'm looking around me, and everyone is creating these beautiful clay objects. And I can't even center my clay. And if you know anything about pottery, you may not know anything about pottery, but centering your clay is literally the first step. And I could not do that. And I can feel, especially on that second class, that the comparison is starting to grow, like that feeling in my stomach. And then all of a sudden, the thoughts come. Like, wow, everyone's better than you. You have no idea what you're doing. You're so terrible at this. And I was getting really overwhelmed and I just, I wanted to leave the class. And all of a sudden, this task that was supposed to be about fun and play turned into this competition for myself. It turned into something about my worth and my value. And that was not the reason why I was there. 
And so in the second class, I said all of those things to myself. You know, you're just starting out. Comparison is a thief of joy. Use their work as inspiration. But what I was really doing was ignoring this part of me that really needed some extra love and care in that moment. So I arrive at the third class and everyone is doing amazingly and I am on the struggle bus. And I tried to say those things to myself, right? You're going to get it. Don't worry. Just be inspired. And I was like, nope, nope, nope. This is not working. Like I literally wanted to just get up throw my clay in the trash, and leave. And in that moment, I realized that something was being triggered. And it was a sign for me to investigate a little deeper. So in that moment, instead of leaving, instead of throwing my clay out, I started to breathe. Started to breathe deeply with intention. I started to bring myself into the present moment, bringing my body into the present moment. This is one of the easiest ways to ground ourselves in the present moment. So I started to wiggle my toes, move my shoulders, feel the sensation of the clay in my fingers, and in a very basic way, becoming present, right? The first step of picky, grounding yourself in the present. And this is really the first and most important step to get out of that trance, Right? The trance is taking us to unknown places, to places we may not like to go to. And so now we're just using our body to come back to the present moment. And then I tapped into the eye of picky, investigate. Investigate with curiosity over judgment. So I started to get curious about the feelings in my body, the physical sensations. Okay, my throat is tight. My stomach is feeling unsettled. I kind of can sense tears are forming. I got curious. I investigated the emotions. I was feeling overwhelmed, frustrated, defeated. We're not judging in the step or trying to change anything. We're just getting curious and investigating. We're finding data. So then I started to investigate what I was believing in that moment. What thoughts were coming up for me? Okay, you're not good enough. You don't know what you're doing. And I started to realize that there was a part of me that was being triggered. It was this reactive part of me that thinks I'm not good enough. This part of me that thinks whatever I do, it's not enough. I'm not smart enough. And it brought me back to my little girl self. This little immigrant girl who was told when she moved to Canada that she had to be put in an ESL class. And she felt like nobody really understood her. She just immigrated. Of course, she didn't know how to speak, how to write in English. But she felt stupid and dumb all of a sudden. And as I made this connection... This burst of love and compassion rushed through me. This love and compassion for this former version of myself who just felt so lost, who was made to believe she wasn't good enough, that she couldn't keep up. This little girl who, because she didn't know what she was doing, then created this coping mechanism of people-pleasing and perfectionism. And I couldn't use those skills in pottery. I couldn't people please. I couldn't be perfect because this is something new. I was not good at it. And because I couldn't be the best person in the class, I felt like that five, six-year-old version of myself. And so the third step of picky, I started to send so much love and compassion to that part of me. And then I started to question the thoughts I was having. Am I stupid? Do I not know what I'm doing? Am I the worst? Am I never going to figure this out? I went through each thought, understanding that these weren't the truth of who I was in my totality, right? And if they were true, right, I'm not good at this, does it really matter, right? The fourth step of picky. And then the final step, I reconnected to my intention. 
And my intention for going to this class was about having fun and exploring. Was my intention to be the best? No, it was to have a good time and to be creative. And that allowed me, that reminder of my intention allowed me to get back into my joy. Picky in practice allows us to really tend to and heal the parts of us that fall into the comparison trance. And this month, you're going to be trying it out and seeing what you discover. Now, a few tips. Some people can tap into their physical or bodily sensation more than others. If you're not that person, focus on the feelings and the beliefs. If you can't link how you feel and what is coming up for you to a memory or a moment in your life, don't worry. That's not the most important part. In order to heal, we don't have to know the origin of our pain. But what we do need to do is to acknowledge that we are in pain. Finally, the second C, right, getting curious and questioning the thoughts, that's optional. Sometimes all we need is awareness, understanding, compassion, and love. Now, the final disclaimer, and the most important, you're never going to get rid of the part of you that compares. It's always going to be a part of you. But you can understand it better, and by understanding it better, The comparison shows up less often, it's less strong, and it's less compelling. So this month, love, I really encourage you to try out Picky, and I'm so excited to see what you discover on the other side. All right, now for our interview with one of our current Alchemy Collective members. Again, I can tell you all about how amazing the collective is, but I think there is nothing more powerful than hearing firsthand from someone why they like something, why they join something, what they get out of something. So that is what you're going to hear, love. I hope you enjoy this interview. So I am so excited to introduce you all to our guest today, and it is Chrissy. Chrissy is a member of the Alchemy Collective. Chrissy, thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to be here. (laughs) Okay, so Chrissy, first, tell us a little bit about yourself. What are the intersections that make up Chrissy? My name is Chrissy. I use she, her pronouns. And I'm actually working on trying to define myself outside of all the roles, or at least not make that sort of the first thing, like maybe sharing some of my values. Um, I'm a person who deeply values relationships. That's sort of core to who I am and how I move through the world. Reflection is another big piece for me. And then I would also say health, but like this really expansive view and holistic view of health and sort of feeling nourished and feeling well and feeling balanced. And then I think another of my values would be liberation and this notion of like this commitment to uncovering the places within ourselves that we're not yet free, right? And like just working on that. So that's a little bit about me. And I also, I do have a lot of roles. I'm a parent. I am a partner, sister, an auntie, a daughter, friend. I have lots of those roles and also have been um, a professor, an entrepreneur, and a coach. So lots of lots of hats and roles as well. I love that. I love that definition so much, Chrissy. So we've known each other for a while within the, the, the space of, of wellness and growth. And 
I really respect and value Chrissy and her wisdom. She's an incredible human being. And when I launched the collective last September, I remember like we had just finished the launch and you were like, you sent me this email and you were like, listen, I definitely, I I cannot do the collective now, but like, I want to do like, what do I, what do I do? I want to do in the future. Can I do it? And I was like, don't worry. We open up enrollment like seasonally. We'll open it up again in the spring. And I remember when you, we opened it, you joined. And so my question to you is what was it about the collective that really kind of spoke to you, you know, and what pulled you towards the Alchemy Collective? Yeah, you're so right. I vividly remember that. Like you said, we have worked together in various capacities and you have seen me show up to all your things that you offer, right? Any free masterclass, whatever it might be, you would see me there. It always felt so good, Sharon. And at the same time, I was doing some therapy and really getting into embodiment and somatics and paying attention to how I was feeling and where I was feeling things. And like you said, the first time the doors closed, I really was trying to attune to how was I feeling? I mean, the FOMO was real. I was feeling some disappointment. And so I allowed myself to feel that disappointment, to notice it, to use it as information. And what it was telling me was I had a desire to do this thing and it was, you know, it was, it was pulling me in. And so I just committed at that point to saying, okay, the next time that she opens those doors, I will be there. Yeah. I think that it was just that paying attention to how I was feeling and how, and my experience of you and of working with you in any, any of these other capacities. And what was it that like you were kind of maybe looking for and that it seemed like the collective would offer or give at that time? I think for me, a big piece of it is having some structure around the self-work. You know, I, I mentioned at the beginning that reflection, that's a big piece for me. And I can get overwhelmed easily by all of the ways I could be doing it and journal prompts from different people and these meditations and these visualizations, you know, it, it, it felt so overwhelming. And so something I was looking for was this place to sort of have it all laid out for me, right. in sort of this guided way that took some of that guesswork out of it, that took that choice fatigue, right. That, that mm-hmm. sort of went away when I could see like, okay, each month there's a theme, right. We're going to focus on this. I know what to do. And having that sort of guidance was a big piece for me. I love that. That was one of my missions because I get that, that overwhelm is real. And it's, there's such great advice that there, there's so many different modalities. There's so many different things we can be doing. And that was one of my intentions for the collective was to kind of offer you, you know, different things that you can tap into knowing that different things, you know, resonate with different types of people. But that, okay, every month we're just doing this one thing and that's all you need to focus on if you want to, right? In your experience now in the collective, what have you found there? What have you found? Oh gosh. I mean, what haven't I found, Sharon? (laughs) You know, where do I start? I think at the most fundamental level, what I have found is a return to myself. And that has looked a lot of different ways, but There's been so much healing. There's been so much growth, the expansion, courage. Like these are all of the the words and things that come to mind for me when I think about what I have found there. And it's also like a reconnection to my intuition. It really is a returning. Like it's this knowing that I 
you know, it's me in there and I have had all of the, right. It's the layers of socialization and culture, right. All of the things that we grow up with. And I think the collective has allowed me, like I said, to sort of return back to myself and get to like know her again in this really beautiful, expansive way. And as part of your journey in the collective, you've made some really big changes in your life. Again, I know lots of things like have influenced that. You don't have to share what those things are, but Chrissy's one of those people. And I love this, that they'll email me. They're like, oh my gosh, like, I remember the retreat we did on manifestation was like a really big one for you. And just share about how the collective has played into those changes that you've made. Some pretty big ones. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I mean, I think the retreats in general have been the thing I've enjoyed the most. And and you're so right. I mean, I, so it sort of went back to, I think it was March and uh, the theme I believe was dreaming. And it was at that point that I like planted this little seed. For me, it was around career stuff. It was sort of a what if, and we did at that spring retreat, sort of that manifestation masterclass. And I you know, I just like leaned into it. I, I really followed the the steps and the practice and the universe just showed up and all of these signs started to appear and it got me down this path and I have fundamentally shifted everything that I am doing. Actually, today is my actual very last day of my job. Wow. Oh my gosh. So this is fun. That Yes, it's <laughs> happening on, to, on this very day. Wow. And I think, Sharon, a big piece of it is something that I have learned from you is rather than asking, like, what do I want to do? What what do I want to be even is leading with how do I want to feel and how do I want to feel every day, right? Because how you feel every day is how you're going to feel for your life, right? And that was such a profound shift for me was willingness to say, this is not how I want to feel every day. The way that I am feeling is not the way. And then delving into what were the things that were contributing to that and how could I sort of a, what else, right? What else could there be? So that masterclass on manifestation during that spring retreat was transformational for me, as Mm -hmm. you know, right. And I'm sitting here now in a completely different position and career path and, and all the things. So that was a huge piece for me. Oh, I love to hear it. So Chrissy, what have been some of your favorite parts or things about the Alchemy Collective? Yeah, like I mentioned, I think it's for sure the seasonal retreats because that is an opportunity, I think, to have a deeper experience because of your beautiful, amazing network of people, right? And you're you're bringing other folks in to our space for us to learn from and with and alongside. Um, So I think that is the piece that has been most supportive to me. And just, again, having that space with others to, yeah, to be able to do more of a deep dive. I love that. Actually, so you're the second interview and the first interview for last week, it was the retreat was at the top too, which makes me so happy to hear because I think it's also this intentional time that we can set aside to, to focus on something and learn from other people and to be reconnected to the community. So Chrissy is one of our community members who is a caretaker. So she takes care of little kiddos. And I'm very cognizant in the group that we all have different, you know, lives 
and that we always can't show up to all the things. And so one of the parts of the collective is I'm always so upfront, every, almost like every call, I'm like, I do not care if you've looked at any of the material. I do not care if I have not seen you in three or four months. Like I just, just show up imperfectly and that is showing up perfectly, right? And so Chrissy, I feel like you have had to really, you had a, a job that was quite demanding on your schedule. You have the kiddos. And so there's gonna be two questions here, right? But one is, I feel like you're a beautiful example, especially within the collective of you were able to show up and take the things you could at the times that you could. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I, and I felt like, yes, tell us a little bit about that. Cause I know that's something that a lot of people feel out of reticence. They're like, well, I have kids or I have a job or I have a partner or I live in a different time zone. How, how is this going to work for me? Right. Totally. And I really, I appreciate that you asked that because that certainly was a consideration for me even prior to joining. And I could not possibly agree more with what you described. I would consider myself, I don't know, like a Alchemy Collective light user, right? Like I'm not, I, I'm not able to be at every group call or there probably have been modules I have not even opened, like, right. And that's real. And I think it's so helpful, your whole approach and the environment that you create allows people to enter in wherever they are, however they are, right? I've had chaos happening in the background and calls, right? And I can mute myself and still feel welcome and connected. I can show up, like you said, having not even opened a module for the month and still if I'm able to join. And that, I think that belief that like whatever you're getting from it is what you need to get from it, right? Like that, that sort of belief of, you know, abundance and that I am where I ought to be and believing that. And and I think a big piece of that is just the way you've created the community. My experience is not feeling that way of, oh shoot, you know, I, gosh, I haven't engaged in a month, right? Is yeah, that belief that whatever parts and pieces that I'm taking are the exact right ones that I need to be taking. So yes, that's an important piece I think for people and something I would share with people is if that's a worry of yours, as it certainly was for me, you don't need to worry about that. It's all good. Whatever you take from it, you take from it. I love that. And coming back to that caretaker piece. So one of the calls, so we used to have in the collective three calls a month, and now we're expanding it to five. And this has been a dream of mine since the inception of the collective to create spaces that really serve our community. So one of the calls is going to be for our BIPOC members. And then one of our calls is going to be for our caretaker community. And you're going to be facilitating those calls. And I am so excited about this edition. And I want to ask you, what excites you about this? And yeah, what excites you about this space that we can now have to look at the themes we look at in the collective through the lens of being a caretaker, right? Every month we're looking something different, like let's say self-compassion or boundaries. As a human, we're going to have stuff around that. But add having kids or having elderly parents or disabled folks you're taking care of, that makes it totally a different lens to look at it. So can you tell us a little bit about that, Chrissy? Yeah, absolutely. And I I was so excited about hearing that those were going to be additions because you are so right. And, and speaking from my experience as, as a parent and caretaker, I do have this added layer of like feeling like I'm not getting as much as I could out of it, right? Kind of back to that, that last point we talked about. And 
I think normalizing that would feel so helpful, right? And other caregivers, other parents in this space, being able to say to each other, yeah, I mean, I haven't touched it in, right? Or to your point about the themes, right? Gosh, for example, the boundaries piece, that is a really nice example of, yes, we have our boundaries stuff in, you know, in our sort of humaning. And as a caretaker, those boundaries can look different, can feel different, can feel hard in different ways. So having that space feels really exciting. And I think it's funny because I, another one of the activities I think we did or that you put out was sort of that, wouldn't it be nice uh, journaling prompt. And I recall doing that. And one of the things that I had written down as I was transitioning from my job was, wouldn't it be nice if I could support at this moment, I was thinking more about parents, right. And, and moms to feel like confident, connected, valued, secure, playful, like all of these things that I want to support moms and caregivers in being able to access. And so this feels like just the most beautiful way to be able to, you know, engage with the community that's already so committed, that's already so engaged with one another to just further that reality for, for parents and for caregivers. I love that so much. And I love to hear things like that, where like, you planted that seed of wouldn't it be nice to be in community with more parents and be of assistance. So I'm getting goosebumps just just as you're, you're explaining that. So finally, Chrissy, first of all, I'm just so excited and grateful that you're part of the team now and that you're going to be working with the community. Chrissy is just such a light and such a resource. So I just feel so honored that you're part of the team. And my last question to you, Chrissy, is if somebody was thinking of joining the collective, was on the fence, what would you say to them? If you could quiet the noise just for a moment, like listen and, and turn inward. And if your intuition or your little voice, or if there's a pull or a nudge or something that's like drawing you, right, that feels like you're being called to it, I just encourage you to do everything that you can to, to join and, and, you know, to jump in. You don't have to show up to everything. You don't have to do it all. You don't have to even do lot. You know, a lot of it. Like I said, I think as a sort of light user of it, it has been so transformational. I think that's what I would say. Oh, I love that. And Chrissy, you know what's so amazing is that our interview from last week. That's exactly what the guest pretty much said. Was like, listen to your intuition, and it just makes me so happy because I'm like, oh my gosh, this community is all about like trusting yourself. And just listening to those little like whisperings that are usually that softest voice is usually the voice that's like really trying to lead us to our highest self, highest potential. So I love to hear that so, so much. Chrissy, thank you so much for this interview. Thank you for your wisdom and your thoughts. And thank you so much for now being part of the Alchemy Collective team. I am so, so grateful for you. It's such a joy, Sharon. And I'm so appreciative of you and the beautiful work that you put into the world. So thank you. Thank you. All right. Bye, Chrissy. Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much, love, for listening. I hope you enjoyed that interview. Remember, the doors to the collective close at the end of this week, if you're listening live on September the 30th. You can find out more and register at wholehearted-coaching.com slash alchemy, or you can also head to the show notes. We'll end with our final practice, 
I want you to reflect on one thing that is resonating with you from today's episode. And as you reflect on that thing, we're going to take a deep breath in and out and hold it at the top. Breathing in. Thinking about that one thing. And now breathing out. Until next week, love, I will talk to you then. Thank you so much for joining me this week. If you liked this episode, please share it with a friend, subscribe or follow where you love listening most. And if you haven't yet, leave a review. You can do this on Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Podchaser or Podcast Addict. Until next week, love.